You are listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight we are here for one of our fun episodes where we are going to get into this week's episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and also some hot behind the scenes TV on some of your favorite Bravo liberties and the there's just been stuff going on uh, between the ladies of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and the network itself. So we're, we've, we're going to get into the hot tea first, and then we're going to cover the episode. And I have one of our new co-hosts, especially for our Bravo pieces, my girl, Missy. You there, Missy? Yes, I'm here. Hi, everyone. Hello, and, and we also have someone just entered the room. Hey, Dose, welcome to uh, the live tonight. If you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat. And as we go through, um, we'll come back to them or I'll try to catch them as we go through. Dose says, sup. Okay. <laughs> All right. So before we get into tonight's episode, which was, I mean, let's face it, we kind of expected that things were just kind of going to be a little filler for a while uh, with some maybe like forced drama uh, for a few weeks until they build up to whatever they're going to do with Mary. And of course the Jen Shaw issues and the aftermath. And that's pretty much what we got tonight. What do you think, Melissa? I thought it was really, really boring. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> Really boring. I, I think Jen Shaw was really trying to create a storyline for herself, maybe as a distraction, but it was bad. Like nobody really believes you're doing anything, any work on yourself for Ramadan, you know, nobody's believing any of this, including the people right in front of you. So, yeah. And, and Dose just uh, did a question mark force drama. Well, yeah, we say force. you know, I mean, force drama, manufactured drama. I, th I think it's all pretty much the same. It's just that that thing that all reality shows do. So I'm certainly not going to say is just the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I mean, that's what these shows are all about. And especially um, 13, 14, what, maybe even 15 years into to this whole Real Housewives universe, let alone just the whole reality TV game altogether, um, it is very much forced drama. That's why, or manufactured drama. That's why uh, we all get so excited when someone comes up with a new, for those of us who like reality TV, of course, when someone comes up with a new concept and uh, you can tell that the people are um, you can tell that the people are just really really green until again the network screws up and keeps bringing them back and then they think they're stars and 
they start making up stuff, you know, like the first season of Love After Lockup. We all loved it. It was fresh. It was green. You know, the people were crazy, but not again, not crazy trying to be stars. I mean, they really were just regular people in these ridiculous situations. Um, you know, but but at any rate, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole of analysis because, I mean, we know what we're getting when we watch, when we watch these shows. I will so, say one thing. I will say mm-hmm. one thing. The only drama that I think is real is I think that, that Meredith really is mad. Meredith and Brooke are really mad. I don't think they're playing it up for the camera necessarily. Yeah, I I definitely, well, I think that's, again, one of those things where I definitely think that she's really mad. I agree with you on that. But where you step into that sort of housewives thing is um, I think that there is some of it that may be uh, that it may may be played up a bit. Um, And it could just be the mere fact that in real life, if you were really upset that someone did that to you and um, screwed over your family or talked about your kids or talk or, or your whatever, you just wouldn't mess with them anymore. But in as, and I think you and I talked about this the other day that um, because they're on these shows and obviously it's, this is what they do. They have to get together. They have to interact and whatever, which is really the fake part that, then ends up making situations that that person legit has a, you know, that person has a legit issue that makes even someone like Meredith's issue then end up looking a little fakey, even though as parents, you can, you and I can both understand it's not, but it's the fact that you're forced into that manufactured situation of dealing with someone you wouldn't F with anymore if you're that upset with them. Do you think that's that's part of it too that makes it kind of seem a little, you know, a little off? Missy, you still there? I think we're having some connection problems uh, with Missy. Uh, you still there? I see yours. it's still saying... You are connected, but is your mic on? Well, I'm going to keep talking. And then, uh, Missy, if this doesn't correct uh, within the next minute or so, Hank, are you still there? Are you there? I feel like I heard you. I'm here. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Did you uh, hit mute or something accidentally? (laughs) I have no idea, but I'm here. What I was going to say is that... um, I just think that with this with this group, I think Salt Lake City is a very boring place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, especially with the pandemic, it probably got even more boring. Yeah. And it's because they like couldn't we- even be around each other to try to form genuine relationships because when we know that other than Meredith and Lisa, there are no genuine relationships among it, among this group of women. This is truly a cast, which it does not make for a good show about a group of people who are supposed to be friends. And they're, and they're not just bumping into each other. And I think that's kind of like what has Meredith, angry because 
these people know that there's this issue with her and her child and they're essentially seeking out the Jen Shaw and making plans and filming with her. Not that they're like at a store and bumped into her or there's mm-hmm. a big event and they're all there. They're like, come to my house. I'll yeah. meet you at your house, which I can see that would make me like really kind of angry. Exactly. And, and that's the tough part for us as as viewers and maybe maybe not for regular viewers, but it's certainly tough for people like you and I as more critical viewers, because we know we kind of know what's really going on with the fourth wall down, which is that these are scenes. They are mm-hmm. places where they, they literally because these women have said it. It, it, and it's and it's not just ro- uh, the Real Housewives. It's all of these shows now nowadays. Anyway, um, the way that the whole reality TV stuff is gone, and probably even more so with COVID, because they've got to be so much care, so much more careful in terms of where they plan, how they plan, the number of staff, and and um, it, you know, camera people that can be in one place at one time, and all of that kind of stuff, because you still want to make it look intimate when really you're worried about everybody getting the pandemonium and dying. Right. So, so you have so there's a lot of issues at play that end up making it on the um, somewhat artificial, and then still angering for the person who is upset because you have the fact that you are signed on to do the show. And so you do, there is an element of you recognizing that some of this, you are going to have to suck up because nobody made you sign on to do the show. You signed on to do the show. You, you all knew that you were, you were coming back and you were going to do the show. Okay, fine. You got free will. You signed a contract. That means, and you know how this works because you've already done it for a season, that there are going to be scenes and a call sheet where you are going to have to show up and be with these women. However, with Meredith, of course, with producer manipulation and all this other stuff, you have the fact that that the producers are making sure that she stays as angry as possible because they're using the one friend that the one genuine friendship that she actually has right. to kind of poke at her, which is the friendship with Lisa. And Lisa, of course, wanting to be in as many scenes as possible to make that cash is going is following along what the with what the producers are telling her to do it adds insult to injury so it's like even though i know this is my job that doesn't mean that shit still doesn't piss me off can we also add that when when lisa brought over the new girl to jen shaw's house <laughs> i know jen shaw was like oh they got this asian girl to replace me huh That's exactly- <laughs> I mean, it was so obvious and just weird. And, and then you say, go Asian too. Could we get somebody like, could you get, I don't care if at, at this point, if even if they got another white girl, because God bless them. Uh, it, and then this is one area where we got to give Salt Lake City a little bit of credit. 
unlike all the other shows that either started out like all white or all black, you know, well, Atlanta had, you know, their one token Kim, but, um, but, but other than that, they either start out all white or all black. And then over the years experimented with sticking someone else in there, at least Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, like one of the whitest places in America, at least started out from the gate with some color injected in there. So I wouldn't have been upset if whoever they brought on as Jen's potential replacement was, let's say, what everybody else in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City looks like, another white person, because Jen is still there. And Mary is still there. But, but they just... bring in an actual Asian girl. It's like, did they do an Asian casting call? Like, what the hell? I feel like they told all of the cast members, look in your phone book and see if you have any, like, minority friends and see if they want to do this, too. And, and none of them did. Happened. And the closest they came was uh, Lisa children going to school <laughs> with this woman's kids yeah and even and even this woman like hello I think again we have technical difficulties so as usual I'm gonna talk until Melissa comes on but oh I was I was saying can you hear me now yep perfect Oh, I was saying that like I don't even think that the Asian woman's money is as long as they would have hoped it to be, but the but let's but let's be honest though. Uh, no pun intended for the title of the show. <laughs> I think her money is probably longer than a couple of them. Like I definitely don't think Lisa has as much money as she would like people to think, especially when you look at, uh, I don't think we've really seen her at home this season, but when we saw her at home last season, uh, it, it definitely didn't look like it was all that. Now, in fairness, Heather seems to live rather modestly, but we do know that Heather maybe lives modestly because that's just her personality because it, on the real, her business is a multi-million dollar business. And even if she didn't have the business, she was married to wealth and has kids right. with that wealth. Right. Um, right. So I think from a money standpoint, we know Lisa, I'm questioning her coin. Um, Whitney was working for her husband. That's how they met. And she seems to be trying to grind just as hard to make something out of something just like all the rest of the housewives have tried to make, you know, use this 15 minutes to make something. And then we know Jen Shaw's finances are trash. Right. Uh, but, so. but, but, but you at least have the grooming so that someone thinks that you are the person. That's true. And this new person does not have, she doesn't have that. I always say that like with a lot of the white people, you can always tell mm. by their hair. Yep. You can. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Even and, if not the clothes per se, because, you know, they'll do. But even although sometimes you can tell by the clothes, because even when they dress down wearing a T-shirt and jeans, 
the the t-shirt and jeans might be grungy and dirty, but they're also like a two hundred dollar t-shirt and a five hundred dollar pair of jeans. Right, but but they to me the haircut, the haircut, the dye job, whatever they're trying to go for, um, even if it's not my style, you can tell that they had like money to do it and maybe the nutrition to have it happen and have it look good. Mm-hmm. Um, where and and that's a hard thing that um, yeah, it's hard to, to fake. fake. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But do you think? too with that that part of it too may be uh maybe cultural because she certainly didn't there's no question and nor does she fake it that she certainly didn't come from money so anything with her um and 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 it's one thing i appreciate compared to some folks who are new money and try to fake like they're not new money any money she has there's no question that is new money considering where she came from um, I mean, I, I guess so, but okay. Can we also just add, whose wedding is she singing at? Oh, that was a mess. <laughs> when she started singing, and I know this is gonna sound hella insensitive, but when she was singing, the only thing that went through my mind, I was like, God help me, but I am thinking of those like Asian karaoke places, like. Because she, when she started singing, she was a total stereotype. Like it was every, bad. It was bad. so bad. I'm hoping for her sake that that was some mess just for the cameras. Maybe they mean. Maybe she's singing in Vietnamese at these weddings. I don't know, but that was. But she's dead serious though. She, she was, was serious. serious. She was. I can't remember what she's saying now. It's driving me crazy. But she was serious as a heart attack. I was like, oh man. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> but I do think that is cool since we're on her um, that I am. I like the fact that she casually slipped in and, and she did it in a way that I thought was really cool in terms of not like kind of downplaying her husband. Last week, I was kind of like, OK, they're living real good or whatever. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe his chiropractor business in uh uh, out there is the bomb and maybe he owns a chain of offices. I uh, have friends who um, whose family owned some uh, Cairo offices, and, but they and they own several. So obviously they do very well because when she said he was a chiropractor and I'm like, OK, you flow in real housewife style. But then when she said that she had a, um, a series of medical clinics, then I was like, Okay, so that was a nice little, uh, and I, I dug it. I liked it. It was a nice little um, sly way of uh, uh, slipping in there. Um, no, it, I I brought some cake to the table um, right. in terms of how we're living, and it, for all we know, which I think would probably make sense, is if she's no longer working and he's a chiropractor, depending on what kind of medical offices she had, they're probably his chiropractic offices um, or the, or he converted them into that. I mean, that would make sense to me, but who knows? But either way, I, I just like the way that she did that. I didn't think it took any way, anything away from him. Um, it, it, I found it very reminiscent, but to me, she did it in a more, 
smooth and genuine way, but it still reminded me a bit of um, the new woman, Mia, on The Real Housewives of Potomac Mm -hmm. with running the multiple offices. Although I think the the difference with Mia is that uh, at least based on what, which again, I appreciate what she admits her background was, her being able to do what she has done in her own right was still helped by the fact that she married her way out of the strip club. But again, I'm not mad at it. Get it how you live. If he wanted her and you, if he wanted her and she wanted him and it, you know, that resulted in a come up, God bless him. Well, okay. Speaking of speaking of business, can we just talk about how Whitney is trying to make her little iris bow thing a thing? Uh, trying to (laughs) totally make it a thing, and and that's why I question their coin because not only is she trying to make it a thing, but she is hustling hard, like super hard, the way that you know, any of the other housewives who tried to use these shows for their glow up used it. Cause this is week two of us hearing about it, which means that not only is she trying to make it glow up, but she has probably, and again, it speaks to them needing the money that, um, that she's mentioning it so much that she's uh, she signed over a portion of the rights to that to um, to Bravo because you can tell which of the housewives did and which of the housewives didn't. Yeah, because yeah. the contracts changed after those early days of Bethany Frankel totally glowing up skinny girl. Yeah. And the contract didn't say that she owed Bravo anything. Now, of course, Candy and, um, you know, Candy and Lisa Vanderpump, they weren't going to play those games with them. Right, right. But the rest of them, you can totally tell who just said, you know what, bump it. I need this money. And if that means that I have to sell part of my soul to Bravo to get it, then so be it. Her mentioning it and to that degree two weeks in a row. Cause remember last week was like a damn commercial. They even showed yes. her skin. Yeah. And then this week, like opening scene hat on, like that's like all you see. But can we also talk about how I feel like her son is too young to walk from home to walk home from school. I mean, uh, I didn't even, uh, you know what? I, there were points where I just didn't even pay it much attention. Cause I gotta be honest. I and you of course heard me say this with Riri last week. I didn't even remember that Whitney had freaking kids. <laughs> Literally until last week, and I was I watched this show religiously last season. As you know, uh, we did. Uh, in fact, we did podcast on it. I think maybe about midway through. Um, right. And then, of course, on our FNDD page on Facebook, I, of course, we talked about it every week with all the gossip. In all of that, and mind you, Whitney being one of my favorites coming out of that season, I managed to not know that she had kids. But that <laughs> kid she- looks 
that kid looks so young. He looks so young. And she was Maybe like, he's just short. She's like, are you going to mind walking home from school? I'm like, it's snowing. Y'all are in Utah. That's where they snatch kids. You know every date line with a missing kid. It is in Utah. They're in like Utah or something. They're either in Utah, Nebraska, or Colorado. <laughs> yes. Too much. Oh Too my gosh. Much. Now you got me thinking of all the murders that I've heard about in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then speaking of murders and possibly serial killers, can we just talk about can we talk about Mary? Can we talk about Mary okay. for a second? Mary and the crazy eyes. Because we at this point, I think I'm just going to call her crazy-eyed Mary. <laughs> That's where if, she is. If Mary has a dungeon like where she's holding people in her basement. That is probably where uh, her husband is. He in Florida. <laughs> he, her husband is in that dungeon. Mary built one of those dungeons that Kim Kardashian's neighbors are complaining about. Yeah, and you know what? When they were showing her, when they were showing her home, right? This is gonna okay, that so home is so jacked up. It reminded me of my paternal grandmother. God rest her soul, but she was a hoarder and she would have all of these weird statues and stuff like that, like the cherubs and stuff that, you know, older black people think are all like um, that, that, they're, that they're cute or they're worth something or whatever. And you could tell that some of that stuff was probably, because remember, Robert was married to her grandmother, so right. you could tell that some of that stuff probably came with Robert from his life with the grandmother, like that picture of her grandmother and Jesus. Okay, but but you know that you that saw house, that last yeah, week, right? Yeah, I did, I did. But you know that that house, when you look at it, you know it smells like dust and cigarette smoke. You know it smells it like to. dust, cigarette smokes, and cigarette smoke. And when you go in the closet, mothballs. Yes, yes, it was so. It, all of that, really uh, all of those designer clothes that she got off the last chance rack, all smell like mothballs. They, they, they do. It, and it's like super. It's super disturbing. Um. Like, where is she buying her furniture? Like, where do you buy those rainbow chairs? The I mean, rainbow chairs. I called it the bubblegum room because there was all of these jars of bubblegum. I'm telling you, like, she has some serious issues. She's, when she said that she must have been on her period <laughs> when she bought that thing in her bathroom, I was like, girl, you were not just on your period when you bought that thing. You were in full on mental distress. And what not the, and not just that room. thing, everything. The green room. The green room. But Let isn't, a, isn't there green carpet all through the house, though? I, all I saw was green I, carpet. I don't even know, but this weekend I went to go see that movie, like The Eyes of Tammy Faye Baker or whatever, right? Oh, and I wanted, I, I love Tammy Faye Baker. I live for her. I got to see so that. It was Did good. Did you see that at a um, theater or was it? Yeah, on, I went to go see it in a theater. I was the only one in there because I think I'm the only one in the Tammy Faye. But uh, no, actually... you are not. I live for Tammy Faye. Like the whole PTL phenomenon, I remember that coming on Channel 29 every day. Um, when like you would especially see it if you had off school because it would be on like starting in the morning. 
Yeah. Well, Mary's Mary's living room looks like a set from that movie. I'm not kidding. You know what else it reminds you of? Not just from that movie, but the Lou the Lou LaRoe, um uh lady, because she's like a Tammy yeah. Faye. Yeah, she is. She it, she the Lou is... LaRoe lady would totally have that bubblegum room. And why is her mantle for her uh, fireplace all jacked up? Like, like who was gnawing I, on that? I, I, I don't on? know. Like uh, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm telling you now with the dungeon theory, I'm not entirely sure I believe that Robert is in Florida. And there was a comment that she made. She said, okay, because I wrote it down because it was funny. Because Mary is unintentionally funny, which makes her even funnier. She said being in her house during the pandemic, (laughs) she said she said she felt trapped being in her house during the pandemic kind of felt like a marriage (laughs) okay but like can we also talk about her I mean I know with with my stepson we have very frank talks about like girls and stuff like that what the what, what she said she was saying to her son I'm like like what first of all your son doesn't leave the room yeah, like, basically. That that might be some depression. Or maybe he just doesn't like you. But maybe he just doesn't want to hear you talk about the JJs. Like fishy well, smelling the JJs. Yeah, and it's so weird um that she like the whole dynamic is weird because this same son last season he's, you know, buying like what was it, like a Prada bag or some nonsense for the girlfriend and i'm yeah. wondering if that's the same girlfriend or the same sit or or just the same situation and i bet it was which may be why he's depressed that led to the whole drama with uh her getting charged um this this past spring mm, okay because okay. Ma- and, and think about it and, and uh, by the way everybody re- um i'm sorry i'm saying Riri. missy is an attorney like i am Excuse me. So last spring, uh, this came out during the summer, um, right around the time it came out around late July, early August, right around the time when um, the folks went back to court on the Jen Shaw case and her case, you know, the date got continued, blah, blah, blah. But at any rate, since they were gearing up for the show to start, of course, they're like putting out all the juice. And so... um, Mary got arrested or, you know, charges brought against her in the springtime, but I guess it just really didn't make big news. And I suspect it probably had something to do with the son, especially based on her statement, because she was basically charged and I've, I've represented people for these charges before. So I get it contributing. I think it was contributing to delinquency of a minor and, um, uh, something like harboring a runaway or something oh, like that. Um, okay. You know, where it's sort of like they're not quite saying that you kidnapped the child, which is, which to me made it even more obvious that it probably had something to do with the son. And then uh, couple that with the fact that Mary only made one statement, but the statement she made for once was actually effective, at least to me, because she said, 
it's, you know, the family has issues and it's, you know, I didn't do anything wrong and it's not my fault that this family has issues and can't get their stuff together. So that totally said to me that there was something going on and we've seen it a million times, right? Yeah, something going yeah. on and then the girl comes to, to him he lives with his mom and he got charged too, which makes sense that because when they filmed this, Mary said he was 17. So he was probably 18 at the time she got, he got charged as well with contributing. So that made even more sense that, you know, maybe the girl was like staying with them. Mary may or may not have even known, or even if she knew she didn't know that she ran away. And then the people called the police and she got in trouble and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and that's probably why it didn't make the news, like didn't make big news because it's obvious what happened. Right. right. So um, if my child ran away to Mary's house. I'm oh yeah. I call the police too. <laughs> yeah. I, I call the police. If, if my child ran away to Mary's house and my son is, is of age and I would still call the police. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's not right not right. <laughs> oh my God, got your luck said the same thing. <laughs> Something's <laughs> not right up in that camp. <laughs> so no. Okay. No. Well, since we obviously continue to talk about the show, even though we said we were going to talk about other stuff first, let's just get the rest of this out of the way, and then we'll come back to the Bravo tea. So pretty much, we covered Mary. I mean, she had. Her cousin, Big Joe. Mary is the queen of shading her family members. I mean. <laughs> she oof. said he is the worst contractor ever. He can do good work when he does it, but it may take him six years. Yeah, but like she's talking about she hasn't done anything in her house for 20 years. But maybe she's had him do stuff in the church or whatever, because that's the thing with their family is that they're all like, especially from the background I've gotten uh, on their family, they're all kind of like interconnected because they have all these businesses and all of that stuff, which is why everything got super messy when Mama Redmond died. And then she has this young husband who doesn't seem like the brightest bulb in the box and he, because Mama Redmond and Robert, believe it or not, had been married for almost 20 years. So she, she married this dude when he was like in his late 20s. And so, so is this dude his brother or cousin? Because it looks like him a little bit. But, uh... well, yeah, but I mean, I'm not really sure because there's a, a bunch of uncles and whatever, because it was an uncle and another cousin who we're going to see on the show later on. Cause we saw him in the clips who are the ones who were dropping dimes to all the um, blogs and people on YouTube last season, which is why I recognize that guy as the cousin, because I've seen okay. him on people's YouTube shows. But this guy, I mean, it's hard to tell. Maybe he is on Robert's side of the family because I can't figure out what Robert is for. I thought he was white, but the more I look at him, he looks like he just looks like a really light skinned black guy. Or maybe he is, um, uh, you know, maybe he's biracial because I initially thought he was white. Right, right. So. I, Mm. And I think I, by the end of the season, all of us were kind of like, well, maybe he's biracial because it, the, once you like see him more, 
he doesn't quite look he doesn't quite look and then especially you know the way he talks but then again hell eminem talks like that so that doesn't that's not really saying much um so wasn't it a relief to see mary's hair like oh my gosh probably like yes lord why did i write that i swear to you guys those of you who are listening and by the way if you're still here welcome uh feeling segoy and uh lj maybe (laughs) so but anyway um i the first line of my note since mary was pretty much the first person we saw i think mary with no wig looks younger yeah i think way better she should she should stop it with the wig because she's actual or just get a good wig Uh, you know (laughs) folk wear wigs just don't wear bad ones and the thing with mary is she's she's itty bitty and we know that as they say tv adds a certain amount of weight so i can only imagine that in real life she is probably the tiniest thing and her face is very thin so when she's got all that hair especially when it's not good hair it's it's a nightmare (laughs) and so yeah it's bad but but I thought she looked a lot better. I mean, her clothes and whatever, and she makes the faces. She definitely, her the next struggle that needs to be dealt with is the makeup. But, um, and, and it's obvious she's had work done on her face. So, because she just looks like a completely different human being altogether from the pictures that we saw. But yeah. Mary is actually not a very like mary is a, a a reasonably young woman mary is like in her mid 40s i'll look now to get her exact age but mary is like in her mid 40s at best but she couldn't be our friend and i mean i have a head full of gray hair but nah like she's very old ladyish in her being now of course because it's mary because she's just as nutty as a fruitcake the first thing comes up on google she has yet to reveal her specific age (laughs) 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 but mary (laughs) but mary was born between 1976 and 77 and it makes it and it makes younger than us oh yeah absolutely that's what I'm telling you. Mary is, that's, you heard me say mid forties. And I knew that based on the research and all the information from last year, the timeline of the marriage and then like with her mother leaving the church and whatever, whatever, because what we do know, which is why they were even able to narrow it down is that Mary and Robert, as of when they first did season one, were married for about 20 years. And even though we saw it in 2019, they had recorded it uh, late 2017, spilling over into 2018. The show had already been in the can for a whole year before we saw it because Andy talked about it at BravoCon, the first and only one that they've had in 2019 because of COVID. So, excuse me, at any rate, we know that Mary and Robert, when she first came on the show, she said it, they had been married for you know, roughly 20 years and that uh, they got married when she was about 
uh, when she was around 23, which was confirmed by her family members and ex-husband. So that's why uh, we're able to pretty much narrow down her age. Um, but yeah, Mary's okay. a young woman. Okay. I mean, yeah. I guess not in Bravo years, because you know, in Real Housewives of Atlanta, they would call her an auntie. But on the white shows, uh, Mary's a young woman for by yeah. their standards. Um, and with her natural hair, she looked it. And quite oh. frankly, with the right makeup, because they've got to counteract the plastic surgery she's gotten, she probably would look even younger. It's, and let's call a spade a spade. She's always going to look young compared to her castmates as long as she doesn't do anything else to her face. Yeah. Because yeah, some of the yeah. things they have done to their faces make them look like Frankenstein. Speaking of which, let's get to, well, we can go with Frankenstein one and, and two. Let's go, to, um, or, or someone who has, I'll be nice, who has had quite the Frankenstein-ish uh, plastic surgery. Um, and there's two of them. Hell, it, it, we could either go with uh, Jen or Heather. Heather, really nothing to talk about when she nothing. met me. They met. We know what she's going to do. She's going to talk about Whitney. Really nothing there. You really didn't get anything kind of interesting with Heather until she and Jen met. So you got Jen. She's talking about, um, she's talking about her, uh, her closet. She's in there. So more of Jen's closet. She has another random relative to let us know. <laughs> related to more people. Um, I think one of the most disturbing things about that scene, or I'm not going to say one of the most disturbing thing about that scene, because I'm not hating on a fly ass closet. I mean, yeah, is, is Jen Shaw's or, or whatever and feel however we want to feel about her, but hell, I take her closet. Um, but the most disturbing thing in that scene was when she called Heather and they kept showing Heather on her phone and it was showing like what ever additional work Heather has had done to her yeah. face between yeah. last season and this season, because I think what they tried to do is like contour her jaw a bit. And it just ended up making it look, making her look harder. It was, it was very like, I would have said that it sort of reminded me of, um, oh my gosh, what is that show that used to come on? Not like He-Man or She-Ra, but it was like the real woman with the sword. She had black hair. Right. It I know you're talking I, about. I, I, She-Ra or something? I don't know. No, He-Man and She-Ra, but that's not it. But it was, it was like the woman she was, and the woman had an accent. She was from New Zealand. Um, but I, I know you know what I'm talking about. But the yeah, more I, I, the more that I looked at her, I was like, no, that would kind of be an insult to that woman because that woman was actually very attractive. She was just like a big woman. No, she kind of looked more like China from the WWE. I just saw pictures of her of Heather when she was younger, and it made me sad because uh, I feel the she, same way about Jen. She looks like she looks like a different person and I can see why she's struggling because yep. 
she's one of those people who probably traded very much so off of her looks and um that's well gone. well unfortunately what it, the reality of that is is i don't even know if she had an opportunity to trade off her looks because remember she got married very young she got married at like i mean i know she went to byu but based on how young she was when she got married i think either she got married while she was in college or immediately upon graduation um so she probably didn't have an opportunity to trade on her looks very much because she spent all of those hot years married Right, but you can trade off of your looks, not necessarily with men, but even with other women. Well, and that's definitely true. And, you know, whatever, but. It's, and that's it's definitely true because his family uh, are, are big money, which means that they were probably very high up in the whole in the whole Mormon hierarchy. And she pretty much alluded to that when she talked about the history of his family last uh, last season. So you're right. She it probably especially when you see that he wasn't attractive at all. So the fact that even if the only dude she was ever with was him, she probably traded on her looks to even be with him because he came from a big money family. And then of yeah. course that put her in a power position within among the young wives in the Mormon community, which is once again, probably contributes to why she is so completely ostracized from everyone because they probably didn't like her. <laughs> but, you, but you know what else was I thought was so funny tonight? The scene where she goes to Whitney, oh, we're dressed alike. And they were not dressed anything alike. No. other. I mean, you both wore <laughs> black. Okay. I mean, I wear black a lot. So, I mean, is, does that mean I was dressed like uh, KK at the Met Gala? I mean, I mean was, <laughs> you know. It was, like, hilarious. But Heather's. I mean, none of their fashions are great. Like, none of yeah. them. No, of I them. think that the closest person that, that comes to, um, the only person who comes close to wearing things that I like most of the time, and there's and that hasn't been this season because they really haven't gone anywhere or done anything big, but based on last season, I typically liked Whitney. Um, and I, you know, and part of that is, you know, she dressed her age and she, she wore like some cute pieces that, um, could have been expensive or probably not, but she wore them well. So I, I consistently liked what she wore for her size, shape and age. Cause she's, you know, the baby of the group. Um, and Lisa, it would, she never gave us anything to like or dislike. Right. Um, because she was pretty much like what in turtlenecks and stuff. I don't know. Um, I mean, she's basic, basic. Yeah, exactly. Her and Heather are basic, basic. Yes. Uh, Jen, there were things that I actually liked uh, about uh, and 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 consistently like with Jen's with the things that Jen wears. I think Jen, 
unlike Mary, because Mary has a bunch of designer stuff, but they're not good pieces. No matter right. if she wears them with tights or not, they're just not good pieces. I think the on the flip side, Jen's got good pieces. She just wears too many of them at a time. Yes, like it's a theme with her. Like Yeah, like she... She is somebody, she is the definition of that, uh, I forget which, was it Coco Chanel or someone that says before you leave the house, take at least one thing off. Jen needs to take off about three or four. Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. But but the pieces wise, like even when they went to the luncheon and she had on the fur and the boots and, and the whole thing. Piece by piece, I loved it. I love the color, and I'm a fur girl, so I love the color. I like the fur. I like the boots. I like all that. There just needed to be some editing somewhere. <laughs> um, her hair, I think, I don't know. I'm sure she probably adds some pieces in it for volume occasionally, but even her hair, I like it. Like People uh, talk smack about the box braids. I like those box braids. She's one of the few... Uh, people outside of a sister sister who's who rocked the box braids and i liked it and maybe because her hair and is actually thick um i gotta tell you the only bravo show the only bravo show and this is gonna sound so left field the only bravo show where i like the clothing is southern charm that's it um I, I think, again, it depends on the person because it's funny, even Catherine wears some things that I'm like, you do the damn thing, Catherine. And then they will have a formal function and she will come like she is the madam at a Western saloon. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? What are you doing? Even now with the blonde hair, I hate her with blonde hair. I want the red hair back. Right. Um, you know, but yes, I they they do wear some stuff that I like, but you know, Southern Charm's a tough one because there's so many of them that are just so freaking unlikable. I actually the show that I like, uh, I tend to like a lot of the clothes, and maybe because again, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to housewives. I want the days of just seeing rich women doing rich women shit. So I like the fact that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, even if they're going to somebody's house, they are wearing the money on their backs and I am here for it. <laughs> and, yeah, and, but why, why does Kathy Hilton dress like she's 90? Uh, she's not. Uh, not just 90, but a, a 90 year old homeless woman. <laughs> she, she i mean she's not as bad as the olsen twins but it's bad but anyway okay let's come back see that's what shows there was really nothing to talk about the show so let's just go to the main event because i am really so not into i i'm over it with the meredith and jen debate situation hell i'm over it just from you and i talking about it the other day like there's just nothing left to say about it Either Meredith, and again, I'm not saying she should. I'm just saying this is where we are. Either Meredith is going to forgive Jen or she's not. And either Jen is going to not just apologize, but actually take accountability to the to Meredith's satisfaction or she's not. And again, 
I'm not saying that you have to apologize or take accountability to someone else's satisfaction. If you, in your heart, you feel that your apology and whatever level of accountability you have taken, you feel that it is sincere and the other person still doesn't think that that's good enough, which they are 100% entitled to do, then that's it. Like, I guess this is just where we are. And I'm good with that because I'm an adult and that happens. Hell, I've had that conversation even with my own husband. Just because you say my bad or I'm sorry or whatever doesn't mean that I'm supposed to go, all right, you know, we're good. And, you know, I just go back to being like, so what do you want for dinner? And not that I'm that person type of person anyway. No, I, you know, I, I accept what you're saying and I hear you and I'm, you know, I'm not going to like hold a grudge against you forever. Cause if that's the case, I might as well divorce you. But that just because you apologize doesn't mean that I'm going to get over it in five minutes and my mood is just going to suddenly change like a light switch or whatever, or Somebody could simply apologize to you and whatever transgression they did, you're, it's just not something that you deem acceptable on any level. And they apologize and you just say, thank you. I'm just still never going to fuck with you forever. And that's that. But I mean, but you cannot deny that underlying this is financial. So it's more like I'm not messing with her, but she's still in the show. She's still making money. And mm-hmm. these people are making money with her by yep. filming with her. And and they basically have daggers out for me. So I don't see her resolving this at any time. And it's no. kind of like a, a side drama. It's not going to be that interesting. It's not no. going to get the ratings they want. You exactly. Know? It's, it's so. not meaningful enough. And honestly, I know this is going to sound as if I don't have any empathy for Meredith and and that is not my intention. I just don't think people care enough. I don't think they care enough about her and they damn sure don't care enough about Brooks that way, especially considering that number one, Brooks started out with this narrative of being what a pit well let's say he started out with a narrative that appeared to be one of being the flamboyantly gay son then they he sort of took a turn at you know bratty um privileged child you know and then the, the whole fashion show with the one fashion <laughs> And then we're now taking a whole other realm, a whole other thing with which I do not think it's going to play well with the LGBTQ plus community at all. We're now taking another a whole other weird turn at. Well, I never said I was gay in the first place, and so now we're going to pull back from the whole thing that got me noticed and sort of put me in the position of them trying to make me the sixth housewife. 
I mean, yeah, because well, this boy left college for a semester to be there with his mom filming this show. They even gave him a confessional. So they very much were trying to make this whole Brooks Marks thing happen. Well, he was just the special um, bartender on the Andy. I, I saw that before show. I came in, and I don't. I, I'm not going to be, you know, trade on stereotypes. I'm simply going to say, look at his outfit, and, 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 did, and I'm just going to yes. leave that. Did, did you? Did and you the peep? hair. The hair was so awful. But did you also peep their little commercial where they were introducing the dear Evan Hansen? I didn't. Um, I I did not because I was yes. coming in for us to do our sound check. So I really only just uh, watched that part so that I could get a better look at um, what Candace was wearing. I already knew we weren't going to like what Meredith is wearing because that's standard not to like what Meredith is wearing. Um, but I can't in the commercial. I only got a piece of Candace's outfit and I was like, I think this looks crazy, but I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and no, it looked crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, you I know, that whole aging pop star thing didn't work for Tamar and it doesn't work for her and Tamar and, and Tamar was actually more talented. And even though to me, she is not a likable person, she actually had a stronger fan base of people who do like her. Candace yeah. does not have that. No. Mm -hmm. No, and and, no. and likability notwithstanding, she certainly doesn't have her talent. And you combine that with um, with her age and the type of entertainer she is attempting to be. That is, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but it's a tough sell because you are in your early 30s trying to um, do what uh you're trying to do what girls 10 years younger than you do and at her age if you're not um like a janet jackson or a beyonce where um there is a whole like spectacle involved like britney spears or whatever that like you're known for the big extravagant shows madonna as well so it doesn't matter that you're 40 or 50 or in the case of madonna 60 that is what you are known for so you can continue to do that it doesn't it doesn't work because well, right now she's trying to com she's competing with Normani and Hal and and Hale, uh, Chloe Bailey. Yeah, she's not adding. There's nothing cutting edge about her. She's not adding, especially anything. at her age. And I hate to say that because obviously we're women of a certain age, and and it totally sucks. But the industry is what it is. We don't have to like it, but it it's you know. We're not bad people for making it clear about what it is. And I'm not saying she can't get into the industry. I'm just saying doing what she does is a 10 years younger than her game. Yeah, or doing what she's attempting to do. Even if you're older, I mean, you can still come up with something that at least sounds new and fresh. Oh, this absolutely. Sounds like, this sounds like something that could have come out in the 90s. It does. And and that's my point. Something that could have come out in the 90s and and doing routines as if and videos as if it's the 90s as well. 
So yeah. it's like, who is your audience exactly? Because again, Tamar was in her, it, that's, that's just a person, especially from reality and whatever. Tamar was in her mid thirties and yes, she does do the like, the little, the little tiny outfits and the dancing and, and whatever, whatever, like pretty much the stuff that, um, she is, that Candace is trying to do, but to Tamar's credit, uh, besides just imploding her career in other ways, she, um, had, you know, good producers that actually gave her good songs that, that fit a niche at that time. Right. Right. So I, I I don't know I don't know and what she had the, the talent to match what she's saying. So I agree with you. Where does that fit? I I, I don't know. I I can't imagine anybody saying like, oh, did you hear the new whatever song? And yeah. it's not original enough to create its own lane. Like a Jill Scott was original enough to create her own lane, although she also wasn't trying to you know thought and bop either. Right, right. You know, you're right. You're right. So, but anyway, I was, you know, rabbit hole about Candace notwithstanding. I was, I was tuning in to see the outfit because it looked a little crazy in the commercial, and I was right. Okay, so Meredith thing, we've tossed it in in the pile. Jeannie, her husband's pressed about more kids. I don't think there's that's really anything to uh make a big deal out of at least right right now um for the purposes of this discussion because uh it looks like that's going to be um an ongoing thing with them from for um that's at least going to be a it's uh a substantial portion of her family oriented storyline looks like she's going to assert herself with the women which i'm good with seeing but at least as far as her home storyline the tension between she and her husband about having kids is going to be a recurring theme because we saw it in the preview in the preview that we saw they were outside in the snow so this is going to come up again well Um, i gotta say i gotta say if this show survives this season i don't think she'll be back I mean, I don't know if this show will be back, but I don't think so. No, they're all ready to film season three because as long as Jen Shaw is willing to do it, they are willing to film it. In fact, they were gearing up to, and this is some behind the scenes stuff, folks. They were gearing up for the possibility of jumping right back into filming season three um, uh, because Jen Shaw's trial was originally scheduled for November. Now oh. that it is not scheduled for November, they can kind of breathe a little and just, you know, do what they normally do, get about three quarters of, of the way through the season so the women can get good and mad at each other again and then film the reunion. So, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so that's what, that's what they'll, they'll be doing then. And it kind of works out probably for the network, especially given what we're dealing with in the real world health wise and all of that, because with all of the delays with Atlanta starting to film, they don't expect Atlanta at this point to begin filming until October, November. So Jen Shaw's trial being delayed gives the Salt Lake City women a bit of a breather. But I think 
Jen Shaw's trial, no matter what happens this season, will single-handedly be, or, or, uh, or the continuation of that, will single-handedly be what brings this show back. And again, I think it's all a matter of how flexible Bravo is as they watch the ratings and all of that, because they did, they gave it the best lead-in that they could give it by putting it on behind Potomac. They couldn't put it on behind Beverly Hills because Beverly Hills is ending. So yeah. it, it would be a waste to put it on behind Beverly Hills. Potomac has still has a fair amount of episodes left, although I, I don't know what else they really have to talk about either. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, but again, in fairness, this is kind of the situation with all of the housewives shows they the the concept and the shows and what they continue to do in terms of it just being like let's find some women and you know create some conflict to make them fight is played out i yeah, mean it, is. it you know and so i don't know if that's necessarily anybody's fault and then as i mentioned the reason why i keep bringing up relationships is because you also have the fact that there is something that is inherently lost on any of these, any type of show like this, when there is no real relationship among the cast members. And in this particular case, like you brought up COVID, it didn't, that probably um, eliminated even uh, opportunities for the possibility of them organically forming closer bonds because they weren't in a position to get together even if they wanted to. Right. And, and, right. It, and with, since this cast left on such a bad note, they needed an opportunity to try to get together and be like, do what some of the other um, shows do because as some of the producers have said, even though it's very frustrating for them in terms of producing the show, these women get to a point where they figure out how to basically produce themselves because they in, they get together and sort of get in solidarity with one another and be like, okay, there are certain things we're just not going to do and you know we're not going to let them catch us out there and do that. So it, it they end up forming relationships because it actually ends up being like an us against them as it relates to uh, for between the women and production because they've been on the show they've been in the business long enough to know that production's job is to make them look as terrible as possible <laughs> so. right and i mean speaking of like shows like that i mean we should talk about the real housewives of New York. And yes, yeah, because there's nothing, else, there's nothing else on this. Just one quick thing on Jen and Heather, because again, Jen and Heather go back and forth with this all seasons. I mean, all the time. So I really don't care about their whole little breakdown and fight. The only thing I wanted to mention is Jen and Heather once gave me what I want with my rich women doing rich women things that ice castle thing was the bomb dot freaking com i want to do that period <laughs> that's all i got to say about that whole i would scene. want my i would want my fire to be real wood i'll just say that oh well yeah i mean for sure and and maybe that's maybe the whole 
um, fire, the way that that's set up is probably part of containing it in, uh, in terms of containing the, um, maintaining the integrity of the ice, I would think. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they do it that way so that they can control the flame. So I would imagine that was it. And then just my girl, Heather, always my girl, when it comes to the food, she's like, you, why you go, why are you throwing the churros on that joint? I'm trying. <laughs> Heather does not play when it comes to the food. <laughs> she ain't gonna let you not order some stuff. Even last season when she was like, I'm going out here to see Jen put watch my chicken wings. Heather does not play. No, she doesn't. Or with the drinks. Uh, yeah, drink. I'm not mad at that. Okay, so Real Housewives of New York. Or um, for those of you who may not know, and you'll see this, by the way, you'll see this link uh, in the info box as well as in the description for this show. I have the uh, daily talk where we are on Facebook. It's called the Fashion and Drama Diaries. Again, you'll see the link to join us over there. So many of you have where we gossip and talk about all kinds of stuff in the realm of celebrity news, gossip, fashion, all of that stuff. So this story I talked about over there, but Missy and I felt it was important to bring up on Housewives Night. So now we're going to get into our Bravo Liberties gossip segment. Real Housewives of New York. They are not having a reunion. And that is official, folks, came straight from Bravo. So if you've heard the rumors all uh, for the past couple of months, and it has been an ongoing discussion, they tried to blame it on scheduling and all kinds of stuff. What are these heifers doing? It's a pandemonium going on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, and, and Ebony uh, does a podcast and, and everything else in New York like every three days. So so, because I listen to it sometimes. So, come on, they're all there. What What's Luann doing, Missy? I mean, where is she at? Absolutely so, nothing. Exactly. She can't fly back. Leah McQueen down on the couch. You know, if she has a man, he probably broke up with her already. So, because she's just annoying as hell. So, they're they're all sitting up in New York. Plus, as we know, they get a check for that. Right. So they are not doing a reunion. Missy, give me your theory on why you think they're not doing one. I think it's because Ramona will be exposed as being a MAGA nut. Because but if don't you remember, we already know that though? But all of this, all of this was taking place before the election and then before January 6th. And so when you're thinking that your brand as supporting Trump or whatever that is, is being in Exposed. the know mm. on trend or whatever, that's great. But then at the end of the day, when January 6th happens and it's QAnon and your brand or whatever that is that you're pushing is trash. Like she's, she was trying to do the smart thing. Ramona's smart. She was trying to appeal to the biggest, widest base which at the time seemed like it would be flyover states but, who didn't want to wear masks. But is she really and... smart though? Because when she did, when she when she carried on at the uh, at the Black Shabbat, like you know, obviously she don't care about tripping on some black folks. But the way she carried on at that Shabbat, I was like, girl, 
you just, woo girl. Yeah, that was that was a lot. And I mean, you're right. She might not be as smart. She might a couple of phone calls about that, I am sure. You just made me think of something. Like the person who has been most unsuccessful at branding anything has been her. She tried Absolutely. to have a skincare, she tried to have a jewelry line, she tried to have her wine. Like she now I'm she's trying, trying to, to be think. a real estate. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I want to say that her and um, was it her and her? I, I want to say it was Ramona and her daughter, or maybe it was one of the other ladies and their daughter. And and their daughter did the mask for. <laughs> I know this is going to sound stupid. Oh no! Did the mask for Cynthia's wedding, or was that the other one? I think that was Jill Zarin. You're so- right. It was. It was Jill Zarin and her daughter. They they. Isn't I it guess- sad that I know this? That's so sad that well, I. It's sad that I we know. both knew it that it happened. I just didn't get the name right, and I am not as, uh, I'm especially when it comes to Jill and Ramona because they're like the same person to me. Um, I am not as on top of it with the New York girls. Like really, this season with Ebony on there and all the drama that has gone down with that has probably been the most engaged I've been with New York in years because it was never really one that I watched religiously even from the very beginning. Well, maybe in the beginning because I did watch Bethany and her, you know, watched her literally create a skinny girl right under Bravo's nose. Right, right. (laughs) Um, Hilarious. Yeah, but other than that, uh, you know, and I, I, Real Housewives of New York, I watch in spurts because, of course, you know, uh, there are some YouTubers I love, and they, you know, the, if they talk about it, I'm watching it. So I, I mean, they, they talk about, it, I'm listening to it. So it's one of those shows that I keep up with and still know everything that's going on, but totally through the reviewers that I enjoy on YouTube and, um, and in, in podcasts. So I don't always like, you know, some of the women, especially when they come and go, kind of throw me off. And, okay. and like I said, Jill and Ramona, like, I, I know they don't look alike, but they're still, when they're not there at the same time, they're the same person to me. So, okay, but going, going back to Ramona, I think she also saw what happened to Kelly. Yes. And, and 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 probably doesn't want to have to deal with any of that too. And so I, even though in not quite as a spectacular of a spectacular fashion, because they weren't around long enough to be as quite as big stars, or you know, and I use that term loosely because we're talking about the reality world, not you know, A list, B list, real stuff. Um, to but still within their Bravo universe, obviously they are aware, so it's bigger to them. Though the stuff that went down with the various women in Dallas, because they had multiple incidents. In fact, based on in fact as recently as a couple of weeks ago, I think Dallas is a is just a wrap altogether. They're not even going to try with Dallas anymore. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, it, yeah, I could I'm almost 100 percent positive that I've seen that within the past couple of weeks at Dallas, um, that Dallas is just they're like, screw it, because <laughs> it, it's like it, I think the issue with Dallas is that some of their main people like they got rid of the one woman, but then they kept the other who did the whole Asian thing. And then of course that became a, a thing throughout the season. And then one of the, the Asian American woman that they brought on the show still felt, uh, still said that, you know, that the microaggressions behind the scenes weren't exactly micro. So then, you know, things were still a problem. Then one woman's like husband was cheating and she ended up in the sanitarium. Like it's a whole mess. So, um, and, and of course, and again, didn't have the numbers. So um, I think that with Dallas, it wasn't just a matter of not having the numbers. I just don't think any of the women caught on as likable. And then you add to it that they were really effing up in the wrong social climate to be doing so. Yeah. Um, because I think I, Trumpism as a as a brand on reality TV doesn't serve people well. Like, yeah, it only works on Big Brother. <laughs> like they seem to they seem to survive racism season after season, which is why uh, you know well, not this are season. losing their freaking minds. I'm telling you, if you never saw racism, which I know you have, but if you want to see some fresh homegrown gutter level like uh ayala van zant said gutter snipe <laughs> racism the big brother forums because of the cookout as far right. as they are concerned these folks have committed the biggest form of racism and, and of course they, it's because they feel that the black people now are racist so it's a whole thing but anyway back to this bottom line i agree with you i do believe that this is absolutely uh right on the nose with why they are not going to be there and i think for the other women particularly um uh luann who didn't exactly look all that great once or uh, 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 once or twice, nowhere near as bad as Ramona, but um, I think that there has been situations where at least uh, uh, Luann and what's the other one? Um, not Dorit. Dorit is on uh, Real Housewives <laughs> no, of you're Beverly talking about Sonia. Sonia. Um, that even though Sonia, yeah, Sonia Morgan, even though Sonia was um, attempting and in and, and a lot of it there, Sonia had several good moments in trying to um, in showing that she is at least attempting to be an ally. She had a few mixed missteps as well. Um, right. Not nowhere near. Ramona and um and or Luann, but I think that this only because she was apologetic. She's apologetic, and there you go. And then I think that putting them in a reunion setting when they know that that is where everybody just lets their ish fly, and having Ebony unleashed 
there was <laughs> there there's there's just no way they were going to do it. I think not. I think that this is not just a fear of being exposed in terms of from Ramona's standpoint. I think that this is other than Leah, of course, I think that this is also um, Luann, Ramona, and to a lesser degree, Sonia being afraid to be on the stage with Ebony talking about the stuff that went down this season and, you know, possibly having her out talk them and you know there's there's just when you look at some of the things that happened this season there's nowhere positive really for those conversations to go because we know that uh in order Ramona or Luann is not go are, are not going to apologize because for them to apologize would be them uh admitting that they that there were some ways that they behaved that showed racist tendencies, at least for Ramona. Luann, I think it was more along the lines of, of some microaggressions, but that's still racism. And I also think that probably Bershawn um, <laughs> turned on Ramona at some point. So I know oh, she, she absolutely did. And yeah. she, she would probably expose how she was brought in randomly. Exactly. And I think, and and I don't even know if she necessarily meant to, but I think at one point she was like, Oh, so I'm the token. Um, and this other black woman knows it, which is why she's not feeling me either. And it's like, and it's like really insidious how they did it. Like it's not a diss to Bershawn, but the only downside yeah, the only the she did. The only downside to that is Brochon is Brochon kind of you know uh, exposing Ramona and sort of finding her moment in terms of being like, oh, I'm not going to be used in this manner. May have cost her an apple next year because. Even if uh, whether Ebony came back or not, I think Brochon was definitely being auditioned. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, it, it'll mean, be interesting to see. I think in the grand scheme of things, if the women had, to, if the white women had to choose again, Leah notwithstanding, they would choose Brochon over Ebony. <laughs> right, I, but I don't think I don't think viewers would. I don't think viewers would choose. No, viewers viewers wouldn't. But like Andy said, at the end of the day, and that's probably one of the issues they're even dealing with, with the whole reunion thing. And in addition to Bravo being like, you know what, the, the viewers are hating this anyway, because that's another thing. Their viewership, uh, tanked and of course the um the viewers which we know are again largely white women uh said that you know most of what they were complaining about is um is the talks about race and and all in in social justice but i think the problem is is that most people conveniently forget because these these folks are not stupid because again Many of these women have been watching these shows since the very beginning. Uh, Real Housewives of New York is, for the most part, uh, older women, even though they tried to toss younger women in there. So their viewers, uh, are that, that show probably uh, uh, above all else, their viewers are made up of people 
um, probably Beverly Hills to a certain degree too, are made up of people who have been watching the show from the beginning. So of course they're going to have falling off as, as people stop watching the show because some of their favorite characters have left and blah, blah, blah. But um, they are white women of a certain age. And even though they are smart enough and have watched these shows long enough to know that it was that it was filmed in the midst of one of a very turbulent time. So these were the, this, the types of discussions that people were having, especially if you had groups of people together who are not necessarily friends and picking up on each other's ish. Um, right. They're going to pretend that they're not and that this, you know, the viewers are going to act like, well, why are they talking about this? Because it was last fall right before the election. Why do you think? But they're not going to look at it that way. This this is no different than anything else where a mirror gets turned on folks and they're they'd rather just turn the mirror right back around instead of talking about what they see. Right. No, no, um, right. So, okay, so that is Real Housewives of New York. Clearly, we're disappointed. The other news, this really isn't news, it's sort of more rumor-based, is the Real Housewives of Atlanta. There were rumors just all over this week about cash shakeups, who's coming, who's going. We started earlier in the week with a rumor that Cynthia was out and Kenya was out. Kenya came out about two days later. Uh, of course, I could have told you that she's not going. Uh, she's not going anywhere. They'd be nuts to get rid of her. That's why after, uh, you know, put demoting her, they brought her right back. They're not crazy. Right. Um, right. If nothing else, love her or hate her, Kenya knows the assignment and she executes. Yes. So, yes. Um, I mean, it just is what it is. It's not even about team this one, team that one. If there's anybody who shows up to work and knows what they're supposed to do, it is Kenya Moore. And yeah, so she's good, she's good at antagonizing people. Very yeah, good. So, but that's yeah. her job and she knows it. And it's very much a job because I haven't met one person who's met her in real life that didn't like her. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has been consistent across the board. I know five different people, and these are like not fangirl people, like grown women who have encountered her and said that she's perfectly lovely. Now, you know, there's people who are going to be like, I don't really like her, whatever, whatever. And then from a mom perspective, if nothing else, I absolutely like fall in love every time I see that that sweet baby. And yeah, so, cute. the baby yes. is cute. And uh, so anyway, um, so she spoke out. Candy didn't bother because, I mean, we already know she's she's got so many deals with Bravo in different directions and, you know, or even like stuff that demands that she made that they actually move forward with that she's not going anywhere. Even if she took a hiatus, I mean, from the Real Housewives of Atlanta to focus on her other show and whatever she the door is always open to her because that's her that's just a relationship she has with bravo cynthia it would not surprise me if she left and that's no shade towards cynthia's not like the crap with wendy williams calling her you know boring or whatever whatever not that she's ever been the most exciting person the most exciting thing about cynthia quite frankly was peter but <laughs> uh <laughs> you know again love him or hate him he was the most interesting thing about cynthia the fact that she was married to him but um and again he knew it too because he's another one wasn't even a housewife but he knew the assignment 
he was there to make right. Cynthia interesting. So, um, but just that part, you know, no shade at, at all towards Cynthia. The reality of it is that Cynthia has done everything that she could possibly do on this show because since its core is drama and she tries not to be in it. And even when she does get a little bit in it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't even feel right coming from her because it right. just genuinely does not appear to be her character. I know that Nene says there's 50 cent and all this stuff. Well, anybody can get mad and, you know, showed it, they going to get with you if you piss them off. I mean, that's normal. I don't think that necessarily means that Cynthia just walks around on a regular basis being a hood rat. You know, if if she's sitting with her girlfriends and she talking shit, I mean, it, don't we all? But the level of backstabbing, because they go beyond talking about each other. Like when oh, they yeah. outed, uh, what's her face? The little light skinned girl, when they were like outing like her whereabouts and her address for her ex. Like that was pretty, you know, outrageous. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know? like, but ultimately, if Cynthia left, I just don't see it as a diss. She has been on since what season two or three, maybe season three. Um, so definitely had a long run. So she's made some cash. Hell, she's had not one but two weddings <laughs> on the show. Yeah, and, and, and I, I don't think this like, husband wants to be on the show. I don't feel like he really wants to be on the show. And he anyway. has a real job. Yeah. Like yeah. he actually he's actually got a real gig. Um I and and honestly I just feel like this it would be such a great departure quite frankly for her. She got her happily ever after. She is now officially in in a position where she is with someone where she truly can be exactly what she this show was about a housewife and just right. go off her man la her daughter lives there now hell even her ex-husband who's ex-husband who she seems to have a bizarre relationship with is there too <laughs> so they just all go and be happy and weird and in love and whatever together so good with that a lot of talk about Portia Williams. Uh, there was in the last two days, it was like big headlines. Portia Williams fired. All the bloggers were talking about total crap. And then, of course, a day later, they were like, well, it's not exactly whatever. They were saying, oh, well, maybe she's in talks uh, for Real Housewives of Lagos, Nigeria. No, she's not. If she makes an appearance on there, it's just because her and her uh, soon-to-be husband like to be seen. And she is uh i think she said of one of her three weddings she plans to do in nigeria but ultimately i think oh. uh, i know right ultimately i think with portia um as missy and i talked uh earlier in our uh, pre-show prep i think that with portia it is just um this is just part of negotiation she's trying to pull a needy this is what right. needy did Every, at the start of every season, she is just that last, the last time she pulled it, her luck ran out because the network was trying to get rid of people at the top of the pay scale anyway. So her holding out basically gave them a gift because they were like, 
okay, well, we'll just, you could just do less. You right. can have the same salary, but you're going to do less. So, of course, then you're going to make less because they started paying them per episode. So um, so I think that that's what she's doing. She's pulling a Nini. And unlike Nini, who was not in a good position when she did it because there was really nothing that she was bringing in terms of storyline. Uh, she was on in such a bad, bad place with the women. None of them really wanted to film with her, et cetera, et cetera. I think that um, Portia, on the other hand, whether the women want to film with her or not, because uh, Andy usually says that's when you kind of get the boot when nobody wants to film with you, uh, they will make them film with Portia because if Portia is on uh on this show that is if not it's it's it may not be the only storyline but it's going to be one of the biggest because again whether you like Marlo or Kenya or not or whatever they would not be doing their job on the behalf of the United States of America if they did not bring up the fact that they were barely out of the season before she was engaged to uh, one of their minor castmates' husband from the season before. Right, right. It is they were not divorced. It was barely a month after. Um, he, after he announced the, uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, after they did a joint announcement of the separation and conveniently two weeks where he went on a rampage that no 57 year old adult would ever do going as a one man wrecking crew on social media, talking about his wife when nobody even knew who the hell this man was and why we should care about whether or not him and his wife were having issues and whether or not she cheated on him. Because even when she appeared on Real Housewives of Atlanta, it was like three episodes and the only thing he did was look like a creep standing by the pool looking at her guests in there well bikini. i think he he just always wanted to be he's one of these people yeah, who probably but, always no, wanted to I'm be on the show how it was a run-up to a setup because he did it yeah. like when he came out it was like okay i mean thanks for the tea that nobody is drinking and then like a week and a half later, the day after Mother's Day, we're trying to figure out whether or not him and the hot dog man are running a train on Porsche. And the next thing we know, they're announcing <laughs> an engagement. The hot dog man. The hot dog man. I couldn't remember his name. Of course, after I said it, now I remember Dennis. But it kind of works out for the whole train coming. So. <laughs> Okay, and the crazy yeah. thing is that the hot dog man literally looks like his little brother. Yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know if he's got some Nigerian family members, but Dennis McKinney looks like uh, Simon Gubadia's little brother. Oh. And not just because he's younger and shorter, like they straight up look alike. I mean, Dennis still has a little bit of D Jermaine Dupree in the face, but he still looks like it. Well, see, okay, so you turned me on to some news just here. Like, I didn't know there was going to be, like, a Real Housewives 
of Lagos because I, think I do there have- already is if it hasn't already started um it it, it it was something that was already like going on because I've been looking at because you know I love my Real Housewives shows from other countries because even though Real Housewives of South Africa is canceled, I def I mean Real Housewives of Johannesburg is canceled since that one lady put the other one in the hospital. I did start watching it and it is good. Well, I will just say that like I'm obsessed with the Africa Channel. And they have these movies that come on. Girl, are- you better not. You better not. Because we're going to have to do, guys, this is what happens when me and Missy get together. Because we still got to do the Bethany story. We are going. Okay. okay, promise. We are doing an episode this week on all of our African movie watching. Because <laughs> I don't. I didn't even know there was Africa Channel. No, Netflix has the bomb bomb list of did you know like the a whole thing of nigerian and african and south african movies and of course you know what happens once you watch one they all come flooding and then you're obsessed well the ones on netflix are actually better budget than the ones on the africa channel uh, trust me not all of them <laughs> no trust me no trust me well you know what okay that's true because like usually it's the dramas that are done a little bit better but the sitcoms like i swear you can literally see that the walls are like construction paper and tape but i still (laughs) i i I still get super into it there was this one where it was and and they had to do like she was just so evil and messy and in everybody's business and they They basically did an exorcism. You know what? We're not going to talk about this because if we talk about it, then we're going to have to talk about uh, King of Sons, which was the bomb, uh, the series I saw a couple weeks ago, or the show that I told you to watch. Did you start watching it? I haven't started watching it, but it's on my list. Everybody who I told to watch it is like, oh my God, Jonda, we got to make sure this thing gets a season two. It's like freaking amazing but anyway guys well real housewives of lagos i can't wait oh yeah and and i'm gonna look it may have already started because i feel like this was a discussion that i saw on another discussion board like a year ago but then again you know sometimes they're in talks for a while and of course we know that you know again COVID is a problem everywhere so all right now to the, the the big news. And this is why it's great that you have two attorneys on. So stay tuned. This is one of those episodes where I'm going to have to put timestamps in. <laughs> so, okay. This is, um, this is some, some tea about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, we all know that Beverly Hills, uh, the episodes have sort of caught up to where I was over a year ago when I first started talking to you all about the whole Erica Jane mess and the, the filming, you can almost tell, well, not almost, you can literally tell when the show was filmed in relation to what was going on. Because by the time a lot of the, the lawsuits were filed and the whole, you know, uh, Tom Girardi and his, quote dementia unquote came into play that was really more of a um october november december thing those those um 
those lawsuits didn't begin to be filed until uh, late October, early November, and then the hearings regarding his competency and all of those things, all of that stuff in, um, happened around the holidays. But the her filing for divorce, yes, that was um, mid to late September, and then the, the LA Times article came out. So what is going to be even more interesting about where this situation is when we see the upcoming reunion, which was, as we know, just filmed about a week ago because we saw the horrible outfits, is that these women are going to have an immense amount more of information when they come into that reunion. I mean, talk about guns loaded. Not only will they have a tremendous amount of information from their own networks and contacts, which clearly they have because they're all there in in that community. And if nothing else, like uh, Sutton, and she she did exactly what I would have done. She called her own attorneys and been like, okay, should I even be filming with this heifer? Because you know that's what she really asked them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so not only will they have information from their own networks, but the mountain of legal filings and back and forth and articles upon articles. I mean, the LA Times on this has been on this like Woodward and Bernstein were on Watergate. Um, it has been constant. The um, and then let's not forget they will have seen the documentary that um the documentary on Hulu that came out in what June? Yeah, that documentary was devastating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all of this information, because see, right now where we see them on the show, all they're doing is asking back and forth, like you know, what happened, did you know, and all of this. By the time they get to have gotten to this reunion, that not only have they seen enough information to give them the side eye, give her the side eye as it relates to the did you know or didn't you know, but even more so, they will have enough information to know that whether she knew is completely irrelevant because the cases that were ultimately filed were civil cases uh, related to getting the money. And the fact that the money was misappropriated is no longer a question. It is a fact. So where this situation is now is really just, it's like a, it's, it's kind of like a, a search and recovery mission, right? It's no longer, it's kind of like when there's someone missing and you're trying to find them. And then after a certain period of time, the police go, okay, well, based on the suspicion of how they went missing, we're no longer looking for that person in terms of, you know, them being alive. This is really just a search and recovery mission so that, you can lay this situation to rest. And that's pretty much what this is. We're, we're just trying to see what you have so we know how much we can give to these victims versus right. how much of a judgment to get against you that's going to follow you for the rest of your life. And they will also know how hard Erica and her attorneys have been fighting to keep certain things in her possession as opposed to just saying, you know what? whatever, take it all. I'm not fighting. I don't give a crap. 
if this doesn't belong to me, you know, because of what he did and obviously, you know, all of that. We we know in real time that she has not been doing that. Right. And her castmates will also know that. So so I so I'll start with that now where the plot thickens in terms of the tea this week is Bethany Frankel, who claims you're going to love this. She claims that because she doesn't watch the show, that she only vaguely knew that this was going on. Now, girlfriend, come on. <laughs> like as if you as if you're not still a part of the Bravo universe and for the most part has even though she comes and goes from the show every 10 minutes she only ever really says anything about her castmate she's never done the full like you know set the bridge on fire behind her like Nene Leakes did and right. screw her whole um relationship with Bravo. And to that end, since you have not set your full relationship with Bravo on fire, we know that you do keep in contact with at least some people, even if it's people on the production side, because she was a part of the family from the beginning, really. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's season one, right? Yeah. She sure is. Yeah. Um, So anyway, Bethany Frankel claims that she did not know about that any of this was going on, but once she was made aware that it was going on, uh, welcome OJ, once she was aware it was going on, this is what she has to say about uh, Erica Jane. So I'm going to let you hear it from Bethany Frankel. Now, this is on from Bethany Frankel's podcast. We'll give her a shout out. It's called Just Be, the letter B. <clears throat> with Bethany Frankel, and this is um, she's on iHeartRadio. So this is what Bethany had to say. So Dennis Shields is my ex-fiance. He passed. Can away. you hear that? Okay, Missy. He yes. owned a company called LawCash. It was the largest funder, one of the largest funders of litigation in the country. And so funders of litigation, it's what happened with Hulk Hogan. Letting you know he her man got a ton of money. He if he didn't have someone backing him in that litigation. Most people don't know this is even a business, and people don't like this business, but I'm just reporting the news. So there are these people that fund litigation. And so it, ha- it happened, like Anna Nicole Smith, I think, had litigation funding. Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein may have, or they talk about it because they, they're they not going to be able to afford their uh litigation and you know it happens on every level it happens and we know that erica jane's uh, husband owns a lot of litigation places Uh, money john morgan does it in florida he basically get into an accident or class action suits transvaginal mesh things that happen from baby powder like any of these kind of things these big lawsuits that are class action lawsuits mass towards i'm getting complicated but you understand what i'm saying these lawyers do this so that's so John Morgan is one. There's I know a lot of them because I met them through Dennis, and I went to these sort of conferences with him, and I've met them. And some of them are billionaire lawyers, like major, of major course. lawyers. Some have taken down like the NFL, <coughs> Volkswagen, Chinese drywall, like major shit, big tobacco. Okay, that's that's that kind of stuff. So Tom Girardi was a lawyer that worked in that space, which is why I've met him, which is why Dennis knew him. So Dennis had never seen the show. So this was in 2018. So Dennis and I watched the show 
the Beverly Hills Housewives. I don't. I didn't watch this season. I I, I dabbled. So he watched a little because he um, knew Tom Girardi and he knew of Erica James. Tom used to send Dennis videos of Erica, and Dennis would be like a little uncomfortable. He'd be like, "Watch it in your office when you're alone." <laughs> he would send him naked pictures, naked <laughs> so, videos of his woman. Um, we once ran into. I met Tom at like a lawyers conference. I think it was in Florida or LA. I can't remember. I think it was it was LA. A lawyers conference. Um, so I knew, I was aware of Tom, and also I saw Aaron Brockovich, and um, and I told Dennis that Erica said on the show that she spent fifty thousand dollars a month on her glam, and I also told him that her private plane, she had two private planes, and he said what? And I said yeah, and my experience is especially with the housewives, but everywhere as well, but really particularly with the housewives. If someone's flaunting their money, they don't really have it. And a lot of that's happened with a lot of the girls on she all of the shows. And I can tell you that the New York people write that they have like $50, $75 million. All the girls have probably between like 4 and $8 million. And that's a lot of money for people like, you know. And then there are ones that were on before that, have, that really don't have a lot of money at all. Bethany don't give a damn. Like they do. Particularly on Beverly Hills, there have been a lot of all show and no go girls. And more than all they, show and no go. They, you know, brag about it. Usually there's something wrong. I've always found if you're really flaunting your money, then you probably don't really have it. So I was talking to Dennis about this, and I was, you know, Christopher Buffalo, I know, is a friend of mine. He was doing her makeup, and she was spending a crazy amount of money. She said, this costs 50000 a month. And I was like, holy shit, $600,000 a year. <laughs> you know, you would say the same thing. I, you know, I was like, that's rolling really deep, and that's just a nut that would be hard to sustain. And Dennis said to me, he doesn't have it like that. He owes me money. He owes me half a million dollars. I know this other guy, he owes a million and a half dollars. He doesn't have money. He owes everybody money. And I go, what are you talking about? How is she flying around on the big plane and small plane? And he said, it's not because he's using people's money to support her lifestyle. He's, he's using money to support her lifestyle. Dennis said this. And I said, what are you, what are you talking about? And now, don't get me wrong. I didn't know everything about specifics. I didn't know what kind of cases he was working on. I didn't know there was a, an airplane flight. I didn't focus on it that much. I just was focusing on the five, the $600,000 a year. I and need I to be like, using yeah, no, the audio effects on this going, Ooh. I said, why? Well, he, he can't say no to her. Dennis said he can't say no to her. Okay. So now we were away in um, New Orleans in May of 2018. And we ran into, uh, not ran into, went to meet these other like billionaire lawyers that, that Dennis knows and also people that Dennis worked with who I know I've mentioned it too. And it was a well-known guys. That's not me secret. making noise like, in the studio. Well that's Bethany. It was widely known best kept secret. Like it was the worst kept secret. You know what I'm saying? So, so this so lawyer, everybody and mama knew into it when Dennis said to that him, because he doesn't, focus, he doesn't watch the housewives. So but said, remember he had over a, like 200 law complaints and, and I mean, bar complaints and they were all dismissed. Right. And the guy's like, what? He owes everybody money. He's being sued <laughs> by everybody. So it was a thing. So I knew about it. So I don't know. Like, that's just what happens. Things take a long time to come out. But everybody in that industry knew about it. All these major lawyers that I'm talking about around the country that are in this industry, they all knew about it. Why aren't we and in this industry? I, I don't know. but about it. I feel like I we need to get in. Yeah. About it. Just to say, like, it's not what you think. You know, Erica, 
I have met, I met her at Christina Aguilera's birthday party, Erica performed. We had a nice, oh, very great conversation. She, we like, you know, social media at each other and she sent me boots, which were great. And I think she's interesting. I think, oh, I met her. She came to my house because we did a crossover. I think she's interesting. I'm sure she has an interesting story. I think she's tough. I think she brings it with the fashion is polarizing and she seems strong and she's had you know a unique history i don't know her that well and when i told it to lisa renna and kyle i just said it like they don't got it like that like it's something you know her her husband there you go she told lisa renna and kyle he owes a lot of people money that he uh in 2018 so right came out i don't know during the pandemic last year i didn't even really know about it um and he called me and he goes, holy shit, you really do know it all. He's like, you told me about this years ago. I'm like, yeah, I told you. Like, no, I, I, you know, I, hashtag I know it all. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to use the hashtag, hashtag I know it all. Wow. I knew about this. So definitely, because we all wear away that summer. It was the summer. Boom. So Bethany out there dropping bombs and of course you know erica jane has had something to say since then or whatever do i don't care what she has to say about any of this because we all you know what we do know is that there was 25 million dollars transferred from that law firm into ej global which is her company and uh when tax just like teresa judice went down because she whether she saw him or not and we know she's daft and she signed (laughs) um tax returns and the court had no sympathy on her whereas erica jane you know with her expensive to be her behind comes off letting you you know you know that she's the know-it-all and whatever now all of a sudden you know, she doesn't know anything. She doesn't know just anything or whatever. But again, it doesn't even matter. If you didn't know then, you know now. And and even back is in December when she went on that fancy set up a page on that ultra high end um clothing like consignment auction site to sell off her stuff and the and uh the lawyers had to go in court the lawyers for uh the plane victims had to go in court and get that shut down so you knew enough to try to sell your stuff off right you know and why are you in a nine thousand dollar a month apartment <sighs> well, that's just for show because well, of course, she was filming rap. She's somewhere else now. For I don't real. know if she's gonna come down off that nine hundred nine thousand. And they didn't do any filming in her department in in her apartment, so it's not like she needed the apartment for show. Uh, they haven't uh, gone to her house. They haven't gone to her house uh, or her apartment. Um, but I tell you what. Whatever she's doing, the money is hitting real different because if her because her reunion attire, yeah, it wasn't even a matter of whether or not you like it from a taste perspective. That ish looked cheap. I mean, she was looking real deb shop. But they did go to her house. They did go to. Oh, they went to her apartment. Her house. Remember that her house where she's her house where she's renting. 
They went okay. to the house that she's renting, and she had a little lunch oh, near okay. the pool or whatever. And she was so apologetic about like the size of it and everything. But oh, it's please. still way bigger than like a normal person. And and certainly one person who yeah. most of their things, whatever they were allowed to take or whatever, in her case, what she took out the house. Because remember when she filed for divorce, it was before everything went into receivership, which means that she's probably got a, a nice storage locker somewhere uh, with some things, in which case uh, you don't need that big of a place if a good portion of your stuff, until it gets seized, <laughs> is in storage anyway. Well, one of the things that she was trying to say on that show was like that she left everything, that she only took a couple of things. So they show like how she decorated in the house. It's like a couple of things she took from the house. But yeah, but her out. personal items, she certainly, it's her personal items, she certainly took, um, yes. you she know. She took stuff, she said that she only took these things and left everything else, but yeah. trust and believe that she took stuff that no one will ever see again. Oh, absolutely, especially the yeah. jewelry. If there are pieces of jewelry, particularly items that they and I'm sure because Tom is no idiot even now. Um, I am sure that there are probably pieces of jewelry that she may or may not have thought he insured that he deliberately didn't in order to keep them off the radar. Because if there's you know, depending on where or how he bought it, whether he got them at auction or hell, even if you go, even if you are. Uh, you at a high-end store or a jeweler, most of these places pride themselves in customer service and part of good, good customer service, especially with high-end uh, clients, is discretion. So if he, if there's jewelry and, and other items that both of them have that they didn't get insured because that would keep them off the radar, those things you're certainly never going to see again because there's nothing to prove that they still have them because, you know, even if you could say, we see that you bought it, if you say it was lost, given away, whatever, it it doesn't even fucking matter. The point is, you say, I ain't got it, and there's nothing else to trace it to you, you ain't got it. Right, right. And because um, I ain't got it, could be as simple as it at your is at your mama's house. But if she oh, knows she need to hide it too, <laughs> you know, I mean. All I know is that she has the rest of her castmates shook because I think all oh, of them, sure. all of them think that their ride could never end, and it just has all of them rethinking. And that's. All. And that is the biggest thing right there for some of them in particular. Now, Dorit, she already knows that the ride could end because right. of what she went through with PK, which is why the scene between PK and Mauricio was funny as hell when they were sitting there straight joning on her. <laughs> right, right. And Dorit couldn't help but laugh because that ish was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Because and PK is all is one hundred. Why does he know? Because he's a crook. Like they, they've been yeah. through this. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a crook. 
the the um I forget her name, the new girl, the Asian girl. Oh, I bet you she went home. I bet you she went home and had a whole big discussion. Oh, I'm sure cuz I mean she was you know married him in her early 20s, so she very much needs to have a whole big discussion because she married him in her early 20s. And so and he was already good and old, so you know he let her get her hands on um, handling any other finances, she don't know where her next meal is coming from. If something happens, uh, if something happens with them, other than the fact that, well, she has a prenup and some kids. So, in in some respect, if if him and her were to break up, then she thinks she knows where her next meal is coming from. But again, because we know for sure he ain't letting her control the money, she really doesn't because. <laughs> Even if they break up and the prenup says he's got to do this or the judge says he's got to pay this amount in child support, if he finds himself in the child Girardi, in the Tom Girardi situation, you can't pay what you ain't got. Now, the person who I appreciate the most out of all of them for just being upfront, honest and consistent is um, is Garceau. What's her uh, Gar- yeah, it's Garceau. Um, yeah. Garcelle and and I actually am not hating on the fact that uh, uh, Sutton either because I feel like they keep throwing Sutton under the bus trying to make to force her be more confrontational than she's comfortable being. Sutton is not there. There has not been a point where Sutton has lied about what she said, but it is a, there is a difference between how you talk about something when the person isn't there versus how you talk about them when they are. Even if you tell them to their face, what they said, you're probably going to soften it a little bit, especially when you know that person is an antagonistic ass. But Garcelle is the same way, really, with all of them. Well, no, I, no, I agree with that. I'm just saying yeah. that Sutton has no, no, no. Garcelle is 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 lit is the queen of this season, no doubt. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying like second to Garcelle in terms of being forthright with her concerns. I think Sutton has done that. I think that Kyle. And Lisa and them are such mean girls and they kind of have it out a little bit for Sutton anyway, because she got more money than them, that they're trying, they're putting 20 on 10 when it comes to trying to make it seem like Sutton is saying all this stuff behind Erica's back that she's not willing to say to her face. And I don't, I don't feel like that's the case just because I'm not using the same exact word syntax and color that I used last night versus today, it doesn't mean I'm, you know, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that I'm holding back. I'm still telling you, I got some concerns. Your shit sounds crazy, blah, blah, blah. Like, but can, I, can I ask a question though uh-huh. about all of these shows, all of these shows? Why do people feel like they're entitled to information about other people's lives? Like, I may or may not share my personal life with people I'm friends with. Yeah. But that's that's on me. Like Well, I think that the difference with it is that on these shows, unlike real life, it's supposed to be about your life. And some cast members feel like, and and we've seen it on these shows, including Beverly Hills, some cast members probably feel like they share 
more than others and our job is to do this. And then we also can't discount what production does behind the scenes in terms of how they, you know, basically script and coach the women in, uh, in, um, and use, use one woman to try to get information out about another woman and, you know, and, and, um, tell them things that they've heard from the other women. And it, cause if you watch closely, there are instances where you can absolutely tell that production probably told one of them what the other one said. Oh, right. About right. And but so, it's weird because if somebody never in my life and I have several friends, even close friends and family members that have gone through this, you know, where they finally say they're getting a divorce, but they were never all about the details of whatever led oh, up to the absolutely. divorce. Oh, absolutely. And, and I've never said, oh, I'm mad at you because you were never telling me about all this horrible stuff. Oh, no, and I agree. I think that this is all 100% for the show because, again, a lot, uh, some of this that we see when these women do this, we know based on when they came, uh, how they were entered either... We know either based on how they were introduced into the show, because then we see sort of whether or not they're like, hey, girl, versus, oh, let me introduce you to, or just in terms, just in stuff we see behind the scenes or interviews they do or whatever. We know that a lot of times they are not friends. They have no relationship whatsoever, or even if they are like, uh, even if they consider themselves friends, not all of them are friends on the talking on the phone every day, telling you right. everything that's going on between me and my man kind of friends. Literally, the only people in all, to me, in all of Housewives history that I think ever had that relationship and some of the other ones probably had but I'm just saying the ones that come to mind famously that had that relationship is Needy and Kim which is why I think that their breakup was so painful for the two of them um uh it, it's so it was and, and why it was so visceral uh Needy yeah. and Kim uh the Manzo family and Teresa Oh, yeah. Especially, oh, yeah. particularly uh, Teresa and Dina, which is why Teresa and Dina ultimately did find their way back to each other. Because I think the friend, the closest friendship always was between Teresa and Dina. And then Caroline is the older sister. But it made it's obviously makes more sense because Teresa and Dina are closer in age. Um, Tamara and uh, uh, Gretchen. And, mm-hmm. and uh, w- while not besties, but still close, um, Lisa and Kyle, which again is why I think uh, their breakup was more painful than the rest. And I also think, too, on the shows where the women truly do have real money, or even if they don't have money money, they have position or notoriety like, um, uh, you know, like in with the Beverly Hills women 
where Kyle might not quite be, it might not be as rich as a Lisa Vanderpump, but because of who her family is and their longevity in Hollywood, they are still connected to the people with money. I think that um, some of them are oddly friends despite age differences and stuff, particularly the Beverly Hills women, or at least aware of one another or acquaintances with one another because the community is very small in terms of the people on their level. Like, not, you know, there, yeah, there's a lot of people in Hollywood with money, but there's still levels to everything. Like, there are, there is money, and then there's Adrian Maloof money. Right. So, um, so I think that that impacts the relationships too, and it also impacts their ability to form meaningful relationships and connections even if they just met on the show, but between after, after they're on for a while, they end up becoming genuine friends like Portia, Candy, and Phaedra, who did truly become friends because they were in the same age range, you know, like Atlanta is a small place. Atlanta is a small place. And that was, that was the other thing I was going to say it, and even smaller for people in certain industries. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so it it makes it it makes a difference. But at any rate, that is the 